This episode is juicy, juicy, juicy. If you are wanting to learn more about embracing your femininity, your sexuality, your sensuality, and everything that comes along with that, if you are curious and excited about bringing more pleasure into your life, then this episode with Offa Fitzgibbons is going to rock your world. Offa is actually a pleasure advocate and also a pleasure coach. And so much of the work she does is, you know, revolved around bringing more pleasure into our lives. And that can be through, you know, the art that we ingest and the the food that we eat and the way that we play and the way that we interact with the world. But this episode in particular is involved around sensual, sexual pleasure and getting connected again with our body and our relationships. Relationship. And in terms of women's empowerment, that is where we go with this one. So buckle up. What is life without pleasure and gifting that to ourselves in all the amazing ways that it comes in and that's available to us? Pleasure is not a dirty word. So I hope that you enjoy this podcast. Please reach out to Offer Fitzgibbons. I will tag her in the show notes so that that will be nice and easy for you because she really is one incredible woman. And this was one fun conversation to have. I hope that you enjoy it. And if you love it, leave us a great review or comment on one of our platforms under one of the um, conversation squares. And you know what, let's just get into it because it, like I said, it's a doozy. Okay, girlfriend, right. I'm going to preface this conversation by saying Offa and I are actually real life friends and we have had many conversations over the years about some of the topics that we'll be touching on today, but making our conversations um, audible for thousands of people to hear is a biggie and this is hilarious and a little orcs but it's so important to me that we normalize our bodies and enhance our like the relationship we have with them and get rid of so much of the shame offer welcome you amazing beam of source and sovereignty how the bloody hell are you I'm doing really well, thank you. I'm feeling super excited and have champagne butterflies just sitting around my heart and under my rib cage and lots of warmth within me. So I'm excited to be here today. Oh, I've got my coffee as I was just explaining to you before. I um yeah, I'm excited for this. I know that we're going to get into all the amazing juicy things. Like we already were starting to. I'm like, "Wait, I need to go and press record." But hit us with your official deets and title like why are we speaking to you today and i knew you were the person when i wanted to have this chat that i wanted to talk to immediately so tell me all the things what's the deets who are you okay (laughs) um i'm a pleasure and social justice activist and certified sex love and relationship coach Um, But basically what that means is I empower people who identify as women uh, to tap into their pleasure and sensuality, to live a vibrant and thriving life because that was certainly uh, something that I didn't grow up with. I didn't really know how to access my pleasure. I didn't really know um, a lot about my own sensuality and sexuality. And then once that was, I guess, the keys were given to me to explore all of that, Um, I realized that this was almost like a secret that has been kept from women. And I wanted to share that um, with more women so that they can, yeah, certainly um, live that vibrant life. And you do it so well. Oh, thank you. And by you doing it makes it easier for other women around you to, you know, step into it as well. So I hope you know that. Thank you. I appreciate that reflection. Oh, um, okay. So now unofficially talk us through your path and your deets getting to this point, because 
I am privy to it, but I'm guessing <laughs> that hundreds of people listening are not. And it's, you know, I think it's going to be a story and a path that um, many women will find themselves in, in different varying degrees and stages. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what led okay. you to here? Um, well, uh, I think officially in my conscious mind, I was led to this path firstly around kind of dealing with my fertility. So looking to have a baby and to become a mother. Um, and I know there are lots of women out there who struggle with their fertility like, like I did. Um, and so for me, um, I was at a point in my life where uh, becoming a mother was the number one desire for me. And so I just created this whole life scenario, I guess, that revolved around um, conception. And so, uh, you know, tracking my cycle, um, taking the basal temperature, um, going through sex as a as a clinical kind of motion to get to that outcome of having a baby. So um, sex at that time for me was so, like it wasn't um, synonymous with pleasure. Um, and, I, and I think when women are kind of doing it mechanically to get to that outcome, that's what tends to happen. I know that's that was my experience. Um, and also at the time um, I was going through um, IVF treatment, so that kind of created a whole other realm of hormonal um, craziness um, and disconnection from my body for me. And so... Uh, after a a failed IVF attempt and so feeling really, you know, all of the emotions, feeling really disheartened by not being able to have a baby, um, that disconnection of pleasure and sex together, like I was just at an all-time low really but not really knowing that at the time, of course. And so um, somewhere in my realm of information, um, this course came up about uh, using a jade egg to connect with your sexuality. And I'm, I guess I'm a little bit of a skeptic when it comes to things like that. Well, I certainly was at the time. And I'd gone through all of the medical um, things to check that my body was okay um, to, to, you know, physically have a baby. Um, so for me, seeing this in my realm, was I was a bit taken aback, but something within me Um, felt drawn to it. I was like, I have done everything. I felt like I had done everything in my power um, at a scientific and medical level to have a baby. Um, But I have realised I hadn't really connected, uh, you know, emotionally and spiritually to, you know, my womb, my vagina, that part of me. And so... I answered that call and decided to explore using a jade egg. And I think the first jade egg practice I did, like literally blew my mind. I could not believe how tapped out of my body I had been, like how, I'm trying to find the words, but it was just, I was just so disconnected to to her, to my pussy, to my, to my womb, to my centre, my sexual centre. And so that alone was kind of the conscious catalyst for going down this path of discovering my sexuality and sensuality. Does that make sense? Totally. And I completely understand that fertility journey and that disconnect and that looking at your body as if it's failing you and it just becoming a series of dates and two-week waits and like you're waiting two weeks till you ovulate and then you're waiting another two weeks to find out if you know that everything worked and I don't know like it took me two years to it took me took us to it wasn't just me um to get (laughs) Archer and Oki was a year of trying naturally and also IVF Um, so I definitely can relate to that and I, yeah, that whole disconnect and, um, struggle and, Mm. you know, that's just a real shit show if you find yourself in it. 
Um, and it just highlights so much more because I think we also disconnect as a way of protecting ourselves from feeling all the feelings that come with that. Totally. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I think um, particularly when the struggle has been for so long. So in, in my case, we, my partner and I had been trying for a decade um, mm. to fall pregnant and had seen numerous doctors had gone through, um, you know, the the probing. Like it's quite an invasive Ugh. practice to, to figure out whether your body is, you know, able to, to have a baby. Um, and we don't get that emotional kind of connection. We don't look after ourselves emotionally as we're going through, through that. And I think that's where, um, you know, that additional disconnection comes from because it is quite invasive on all levels totally Mm. so how did you bridge the gap or was that the starting of the the yoni egg and that sort of thing was that what led you down the path of your new uh, i don't know whether i'd call it a sexual or sensual reawakening or what was that the steps of it or how did you you know bridge the gap to this full-on mega goddess um you know, empowerment person that you are empowerment person. That's like a new term that you can put on your business card uh, <laughs> that you are today. Um, yes. So she went to Mexico. I know. That. I did. I did. I did go to Mexico. So the jade egg and having that regular practice of just connecting with that part of my sensuality was certainly the beginning of a reawakening because I feel like, when it comes to our sexuality and sensuality, we all, particularly women, we all have um, an innate um, capacity for pleasure. Um, it's just that we grow up in a society um, and within, you know, cultural and religious systems that stop us from um, really tapping into that. And so for me, it started off with my jade egg journey and then kind of led me to exploring um, a couple of different avenues within sexuality. So, um, you know, tantric sex um, and a few other interesting bits and pieces. Um, But then realising as I was going on um, this deeper self-discovery that, um, you know, I was becoming more empowered in myself, like I was discovering all of these beautiful, delicious elements to to my personality, to my sexuality, to my sensuality, um, all of these delicious things that were in me already but hadn't had the opportunity or the invitation to come out. And so as I was diving into this, um, I decided to become uh, or I decided to, decided to, sorry, um, <laughs> Uh, do some certification and some deeper training around holding this space for others to help explore um, their own pleasure and, and sensuality. And that, so as part of my training, uh, this took me to Mexico uh, where I was diving deep into self-pleasure practices uh, ritual embodiment practices with about 30, I think it was about 30 women uh, across the globe. Wow. So, yes. It was one of those high vibe experiences where everyone was safe to, feel, to, to be naked and admiring everyone's body and it was just yeah, a magical experience. And it was during that retreat that I realised that I got a message. Sorry, let me start that again. Um, So it was at the retreat in Mexico where I had this beautiful experience of connecting with my pleasure and my sensuality and sexuality in a way that I felt like I was one with the universe. Um, So it was a beautiful orgasmic experience um, that came from breath work and conscious awareness of my body 
Um, so it wasn't super sexual in a way, but um, definitely very sensual. And that experience has kind of helped to guide um, the, the, the tiny little steps that I've made since to, to the path that I'm on now. And you are studying this year, you're commencing studies to become a certified sexologist, yeah? Yes, I'm on my way there. Um, Woo! <laughs> I think, you know, working with sexual pleasure um, and becoming certified in sex, love and relationship coaching has been such an eye-opener for me. Um, but the reason why I wanted to do further study in it is um, I think there's an opportunity for sex educators in particular to help bridge the, bridge the gap between, you know, what we're experiencing and feeling in our bodies to, you know, the scientific realm. Um, and so for me, you know, I love working with the jade egg, but there's not a lot of scientific literature about the impact that it has um, on our female pleasure. And so for me, it's it's really kind of getting those qualifications and having the language around that to, to further help women um, explore themselves. So, yeah, I'm super excited by it. I'm excited for you and I'm excited what that means for me in our coffee dates as well because <laughs> <laughs> purely selfish reasons. But I, you know, it's so, I think it's so important because often through you know, regard like if you, especially if you're talking about the motherhood journey or any, mm -hmm. like just the womanhood journey that, mm -hmm. you know, incontinence, for instance, has just become like a normal thing. And that's just horseshit. Or the fact that we're like women all over the place are prolapsing after childbirth and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And people are like, oh, we'll just, you know, that's just part of it. But I don't believe that it has to be. Um, and I know that I've heard, um, certain sexologists and amazing therapists embrace the work of the yoni um the jade egg in strengthening that like if we can strengthen our pelvic floor and keep on top of that and have these nourishing practices then you know that just negates so much of that drama rather than like putting some mesh and stuff in there and or you know you just got to wear nappies for the rest of your life i think that having these conversations and bringing awareness to other modalities and the ways of that we can take care of ourselves. I think that's awesome. So I'm excited to see how you, you work with that. Um, so I was raised as a good Catholic schoolgirl. you know, where all the sinful stories around our bodies and shame. And it took me years before I dismantled that. And I still am in some way. So how was your relationship with your body growing up? Mm, well, I can totally relate to your experience. I grew up in a very conservative home um, around religion. I went to church. I um, also went to a church-based uh, school as well. So, yeah, there was a lot of conditioning from the church that I got um, that impacted how I viewed my body. So, you know, my when I was growing up, I felt like my body was shameful. Um, I think for me personally, as a woman of colour, um, I got a lot of shame. I felt a lot of shame around my body because uh, there wasn't a lot of representation of, um, you know, brown coloured women in the media. So there was shame associated with that. Mm -hmm. um, there was shame around, um, you know, experimenting or exploring even my sexuality as a young woman um, because the, message, the messages that I was getting from, you know, home and from church is that sex is meant to be saved for marriage. It's meant to be between a man and a woman. Um, it's, you know, something that if you explore outside of those constructs, um, I'd be sent to hell. Yes, um, don't give the wrong gift. Don't give exactly. your gift away because then what are you going to do? Exactly. And so, you know, I was like, oh, I can't I can't explore my sexuality now. Like I, I, I don't actually own the keys to my pleasure. So this is the message that I got. I don't own the keys to my pleasure. It, they are owned by the man that I'll eventually marry. 
um, that was one of the messages that I got. <laughs> and so, the gift. yes, yeah. yes, give him the gift. If you can't um, give him the gift, then you're going to have to buy the next one a sweater. Like, <laughs> <laughs> how fucked? How so, fucked up? So fucked. So fucked. Um, and it's really sad. It's really sad that women aren't, or young women in particular, aren't taught that their sexuality is okay to explore. Like it's a gift for themselves. Our pleasure is our gift and we can explore it in whatever way we want to. And so, you know, a lot of the shame that I had experienced throughout my teenage years and even when I was a young woman, kind of even into my early 20s, like that shame around sex, sexual shame, um, didn't actually just impact my sex life. It also showed up in, you know, how I viewed my body image, my self-esteem, my level of worthiness, um, how I set boundaries, um, you know, how, like it was, I actually was anxious to, you know, even engage in a sexual act with boys when I was was younger because it was so shameful for me mm-hmm. and so I think there is a real need to have these conversations more as um, you know we get older but also for the younger generation that's coming up um, and these conversations shouldn't just be for, for women it should be for for boys and and men as well so you know I truly believe that we are having a bit of a sexual revolution. Um, where it is becoming a bit more mainstream to talk about these things. Um, but I think if we don't talk about it, then the change is just going to be to continue to um, reiterate within the lives of, of young people. I totally agree. And, okay, so we, okay, so I'm just going to go there now. So, like, masturbation, got to be honest, don't love the word feels very masculine to me as like when as a woman you know pleasure and that experience is such a sensual thing so I'd much prefer to call it like a solo session or like I'm going to give myself an orgasm Mm -hmm. or like what's you know because us girls we talk about it I know in a few of my like because we've all got some group chats going on you know, like if my couple of my girlfriends will be like, what did you do today? And I'll be like, well, I did this, that and the other, gave myself an orgasm, then, you know, like those sorts of things because we these conversations, it should just be, it's like self-care and in the best possible way in my eyes. I don't totally. think it needs to be anything to be shameful about, but depending where, I've, I'm 37 now, so... That's taken me that long to get to that point where I'm not embarrassed by it. I, you know, I, it's part of my, just, it's just something that I do. Um, Mm -hmm. So like, if I don't answer my phone, no, I'm kidding. It's not that often. Um, What's your favorite terminology for, you know, your pleasure sessions and things like that? Yeah. Look, I gotta be honest with you too. I'm not a fan of of masturbation, but the word. Yes, but I love what it represents <laughs> for sure. Um, my favourites would be self-pleasure, self-pleasure, self-love and self-care nice. and solo sex. Solo, solo sex. sex is a good one because that's mm. really what it is. Now, we were talking before, there's so many different words like you like to call like for the vagina or, you know, that's how you say it. I was like, vagina, but you know, you can pronounce things different ways. Yes. <laughs> I refer to mine as like my yoni and we were talking about the origins of that before. And you oh. had, where did, where is the word, like, where does the word yoni come from? So my understanding is that the word yoni is um, a, a Sanskrit word representing our female pleasure center. So yoni is used Um, a lot in some of the ancient mystical traditions such as Tantra and Taoism. Um, And it's often used as a way to kind of um, talk about our female pleasure centres as sacred. Um, So I do do like that word as well. Um, I prefer pussy, to be honest. I like that Um, too. Yeah, and I think... 
What a power-packed word. Absolutely. And I feel like, you know, a lot of people um, associate pussy with negative connotations, but um, I feel like uh, it's a way to reclaim that word for for us as women um, as something that's really empowerful. Um, There's a there's a, um, a book called Pussy, A Reclamation, which is written by um, Mama Gina. She's a sex educator in, in the US. Um, I highly recommend the book. Um, she talks about this concept of um, living your life from your pleasure center, from your pussy. And she uh, also talks about um, guiding your life with the GPS, but it's called, I think it's called the um, Great Pussy in the Sky. Um, Ooh. Yeah, so um, it's definitely um, a word and, um, like, it's a word that we should all kind of claim as our own if we if we feel like it resonates with us. Um, but just a side note on language, um, I'd encourage people to liberate their language around sexuality and sensuality because... Mm-hmm language you know shapes who we are we use words to define our life and our experience so when it comes to our sexuality you know there's often words that we deem to be dirty or taboo and so i would encourage people uh, as they you know do solo sex sessions or just start exploring their body and their sensuality to try these words on for size and to you know, use words that will help liberate their sexuality. So if you prefer pussy, then go for it. Um, if you prefer yoni, then, you know, use that as well. But um, I think language kind of plays a really important role, particularly as we're starting off on our self-love discovery journeys. Totally. Totally. And we would all have so much stored stuff around so many of these, you know, different words. And I know like it's really tricky, like this, especially when it comes to children. It's like there's so many people saying, call it exactly what it is, like a penis or a vagina. And that's all fine too. call it like honestly, call it what you want and like examine the relationship, you know, that you have with your bits and pieces, because that's going to translate and overflow into whatever it is that you're trying to explain as well with children. Um, And we call it all the things here. There's no one specific word because it can be many things. Our bodies are are amazing. So um, Mm -hmm. depending on, I know, like, and same with the girl, with when we're sitting down in circle, having coffees. When I say in circle, like we're often just in circle by, like if you stop and chat to girls or women on on a footpath, we'll stand in a circle. Mm -hmm. Like it's just what we do um Mm -hmm. to face each other and so whenever you're having these conversations depending on you know what you're trying to convey the terminology and the language will change as well and that's all fun and fine as well Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it is so we're often sold the notion when it comes to sex as a woman that you're either a virgin or a slut or a whore and this is so archaic and incorrect it pains me in many many ways and there is this whole beautiful middle ground in between where it's completely okay healthy and wonderful for women to partake and enjoy sex right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes um i think kind of going back to that language um point that i made earlier mm-hmm. um like i think sluts and whores like those are terms that have old school connotations to them but I think in order to liberate our language and to liberate our sexuality um, those words can truly actually mean someone who is sexually free or someone who is willing to explore their sexuality and owning it in that way kind of makes it uh, a bit more positive um I feel. Yeah. And so I think, yes, it's we're at a time where women can step up and own their sexuality. I mean, I'll put my hand up and say, I fucking love sex, you know? Yeah. So, and it shouldn't be a shameful thing. And I think more and more women are becoming comfortable in owning that. Um, 
And I would also say, um, you know, we talk about when we look at our health, our overall health, um, you know, we look at our physical health, um, what we eat from a nutritional perspective. Um, one area that I think it kind of gets left out of that equation is our sexual health, mm-hmm. um, which kind of leads back to another point that you made about, um, I think, the, the jade egg. Like the jade egg, using a jade egg or even Kegel exercises to help strengthen the muscles that we have in our sexual organs um, is something that we should be doing regularly, but we're not taught that necessarily. So um i think that's part of ensuring that we have healthy um attitudes towards sex um and that our our sexual organs are healthy as well does that make sense totally absolutely and it's so interlinked like i know you know especially constance um no who had it Clementine Ford had an amazing series of um, posts that I just read on the weekend, um, especially with regards to her birth trauma, her body and her sexuality. And it's about six Mm -hmm. posts long. I highly recommend every woman go and read it. But um, it was all about, you know, the way that, her sexuality, her sensuality and everything was forgotten within the system of what like, you know, so many women go through in birthing their babies or whatever it is. It's like as long as you have a healthy baby, you should be right. But many women are sliced from, you know, top to bottom their or their vaginas blown to bits or, you know, whatever it is, or there's trauma or what, from the whole degree and then there's nerve damage and whatever and many are just told to sort of like let go of that sexual part of themselves or you're just swept up in the whole motherhood journey that we forget or we deprioritize or underprioritize. deprioritize a word? I'm not sure. Either way, we forget about our sensuality and our sexual needs where in actual fact, if you have, if you're like yoni and your pussy is dry and neglected in terms of if you aren't paying attention to that part of your life, then there's going to be so many other areas within your life that are also neglected and forgotten about. Do you think? Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. That is so true. I, I truly believe that. Like juicy I, yoni, juicy life. Yes. slippery gypsies you know like that whole you know that feeling um you know if you're connected to yourself and your sexual center on on one level then that's going to connect you to a whole to your life experience in another way absolutely and i think you know uh there are terms for it it's uh i I think eros the embodied erotic embodiment of, um, you know, life and our vitality. Um, I think, you know, kundalini awakening could also be uh, a term for kind of living that pleasure from being connected to our sexual centre and it manifesting in every aspect of our life as, you know, whatever it needs to be. Um, But I truly think that, yeah, having a happy, happy pussy means a happy life. <laughs> nice. I'm down for that. I'd get that bumper sticker. <laughs> Honk if you like a happy pussy, like something like that on the back. May not be able to drive the car to school pickup anymore. Um, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> maybe or maybe people just get out of the way. I don't know. So orgasms, there's yes. different types. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Talk us through a few. Okay. So there's a whole bunch of literature and information out there about different kinds of orgasms that you can have. So um, when we're just looking at our anatomy, um, there's clitoral orgas- orgasms, vaginal orgasms. There's a combo of those. There's cervical orgasms, um, which to me are probably the best. Um, I feel like a full body shaking oh, thing, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm down. 
Yeah. I'm down too. Um, <laughs> so, and there's also orgasms that you can get from just tapping into your erogenous zones. So that could be orgasms from breast massage or, or breast play. Kissing, yes. How good is kissing? Oh, it, kissing is so amazing. All right. uh, it's one of my favourite things to do. So, yeah, there, there's those kinds of orgasms um, and, you know, understanding how they work for you is, you know, up to you to discover them. So I think, you know, if anyone who's listening to this wants to do a bit of homework, my suggestion would be to, you know, set aside some time, um, explore your body and explore what these types of orgasms feel for you. Um, there's also what I would say different flavours of orgasms, um, particularly when you start to play with your sexual energy or the energy of your turn-on. So um, these orgasms can look like uh, you know, tapping into the different energy centres or chakras within you to experience things like deep primal orgasms that kind of come from, you know, your root chakra um, to fiery orgasms, to watery orgasms or to feelings of being completely blissed out and connected to divinity orgasms. Um, they're all different flavours and again, I would encourage people to explore what that might look like for you um, as you're doing, as you're exploring your body um, in solo sex sessions. Because um, there, there, there is a benefit to that, the benefit of, you know, starting to experiment with different flavours of orgasms. And, and for me, that's kind of bringing the turn on, um, the orgasmic approach to emotions. So starting to have things like heartgasms um, and, you know, even having angergasms. So using your sexual energy to really tap into, you know, anger as an emotion, but um, kind of expanding that out into states of pleasure. It's a thing. It's a heartgasm? Oh, that sounds like a good time. Um, angergasm, <laughs> mate. That sounds like that could that could work for me. <laughs> I could, I'm going to try and channel that next time. Um, but can we sign ourselves up for one of each, please? <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> yes, thank you. Yes, please, no. and thank you. Is that the? Um, that's on the menu, I think, for many of us. So, okay, I love homework in this, so I will take that on board. So I really want to see pleasure and erotica and desire become more mainstream and natural, and I definitely think we're on the way there, but still a long way to go. But I think as every generation um, comes through, I think it's going to be seen as more, you know, as, as a holistic, whole-bodied um, mm you know, pursuit of, or just an embodiment. It's just natural. It's like mm -hmm. the thing that spins me out is every single person arrived here through sex or a byproduct of some sexual organ, right? Yes. <laughs> Yet people are still weirded out by it. Like same thing with periods. Like every single person is here because of a period or an egg mm -hmm. that was released or harvested. Mm -hmm. Yet a lot of people still don't embrace or they still feel ashamed of their period or like guys are grossed out by periods, which we have such work to do. Um, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. like it's the most natural thing, you know, ever. Yeah, yeah, it's totally natural. Um, and like we were saying before, it's it's something that we're just not taught or we look at those aspects of ourselves, so the fact that we're born of sexual organs as like a medical thing. 
um, I, I feel. Um, mm. It's missing the link between, like the, the missing link is our sensuality and pleasure. Like yeah. these organs for us are, are designed to give us pleasure, um, particularly for women. Our clitoris has something like 5,000 nerve endings in it. It's the only organ um, that we have that's dedicated to pleasure. Alone. Purely pleasure. And exactly. it's like, how can, so I've seen like that meme, like how can a man get on every one of our last nerves except that one when the <laughs> clitoris has got like five or 8,000 nerve endings? Get on the right ones. That's um, right. <laughs> oh, I hope my mum doesn't hear this one. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, totally. Totally. It's totally normal to have desires. It's totally mm-hmm. normal to um, want to like feel sexually energized and drawn to people. It's totally normal to fantasize. It's totally like all of it is okay. Like that's, you know, I, I yeah, I'm totally about it. I'm all about it. And that yes. doesn't mean that I have like a raging sex life. <laughs> I do with myself. Um, things are, ha- things are okay. happening. I do too. And I love it. Yeah. And I love it because I get to know myself on a deeper level um, and then that I'm able to bring that knowledge and that experience of myself into all of my relationships. Yeah, totally. And, I, and that's empowering, you know. And, and I was just going to say um, this, this quote kind of comes to mind um, by another set sex educator in the US. Her name's Betty Dodson. Um, Betty. Yeah, Betty. And one of the things that she says is that we are our safest sex partner. Um, So yes, I'm all about the solo sex and the self-pleasure. And there's so many different ways. Like if, like, you know, if you're just starting out or you've never, um given had like a solo session with yourself before or you've always you're wanting to go down that path um and experiment and that sort of thing there's so many ways you can do it like you don't have to go and get a big hunk and vibrator and you know like jackhammer your clitoris off like straight off Mm. the bat although Mm. that's also a good time but you know like there's so many ways to ease into that wouldn't you say offer Yes, absolutely. And I think when you pair it back and look at it from a pleasure perspective, um, it's using that and just having a general curiosity about how pleasure might play out for you with your body. Um, So setting time aside um, without the need for toys, although if you want to bring that along, then, you know, props to you. Um, But just setting time aside and really delving into just the senses and how that is pleasurable for you. So using touch, using sound, using smell, um, you know, using visual cues, um, taste as well. Like taste can be highly erotic. Um, So it's just like that could be a, a really beautiful starting step for someone who hasn't felt um, like they've felt safe to to be able to explore their body um but as a really kind of slow baby step into understanding what is pleasurable for them so that would be yeah my my advice um for someone who really wants to tap into into their body um but without kind of getting disoriented with with toys um because it doesn't doesn't need to be all about that. No, not at all. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so we had a couple of questions come through. Some of those I have filtered through um, the questions that we've already gone through. Okay. But um, lady boners, are they a thing? Yes. Yes. 100%. <laughs> totally. Okay, yes. like anatomically or are we talking like women, we can get like a little like – you know, I don't know, like we get lubricated and turned on when yes. we're talking to certain people or is there an anatomical thing? Yeah, so like anatomically speaking, we women have the same erectile tissue 
um, within our bodies that um, men do. Um, and so for, for us, for women in particular, it's wonderfully complex. Um, but there's a few, I guess, aspects to it. And so we have our, our clitoris and the glands of our clitoris, which is kind of seen as the, the head, so that sits outside our body, um, that can become erect. Um, but the clitoris doesn't, doesn't stop there. It actually, um, you know, sticks down and around the vulva um, internally and has these bulbs. They're called ves- vestibular bulbs um, that sit kind of underneath the lips but around the, the vaginal opening and they can swell as well. So um, we definitely have erectile tissue that, can lead to lady bonus for sure. And then there's also, that's the physical side of things, but then there's also the emotional, um, mental side of the attraction and the sexual turn on as well that can lead to like a bigger lady boner, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) Just thinking about that. Um, But, yes, they're definitely a real thing. Um, There's lots of information out there about it for sure. I'm going to Google it. Well, no, I don't need to Google it now. You've just answered it for me. But I know, like, you know, like, and that's another thing. Like, another question came through about porn. And mm-hmm. I, like, is porn okay? Is it not okay? Um, I will go on hit the, the record for this one. Like, I think anything that, um, there's lots of different, I know some women are really uncomfortable with porn. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so many different varying sources out there. I know that there's a really great one um, called Belisa. Let me mm-hmm. have a look here. And it's designed especially for women. Mm. Um, and so it's a little bit gentler. Um, let me find it now. But what's your thoughts on porn? Is it okay? Is it not okay? Yeah, look, I... I- Think, I personally think that porn is okay. Um, there are schools of thought around um, whether it is okay or not. Um, some feminist views uh, say that uh, it's not okay because it degrades women, um, and I can totally get that. That you see a lot of that in mainstream porn, um, but there's this kind of up and coming or emerging area of porn, like ethical porn, feminist porn, or whatever you want to call it. Um, but this st- this style of porn focuses on female pleasure um, and yes. there's obvious consent in the way that the, um, you know, movies were made. So um, those kind of lend itself towards having more of a sex-positive approach to female pleasure. And in that context, um, I think that's fine. Um, I, I love the example that you shared. One of the ones that I personally like is Erica Lust. Writing it um, down. So she um, is an ethical porn producer. Um, she has a number of uh, websites. I think she's uh, ericalust.com is her main one, but then she's got a couple of other um, avenues to explore the porn that she um, produces. So I think... Yeah, I think I think it's okay. I think um, if it's done in a, a really safe way, um, you know, a, a, and you're ex- exploring your turn on, then by all means, go for it. Yes, and I've found the um, link. It's Belisa dot co, B E L E S A. Not that I've got it here really easily accessed. It's in my notes section. Um, let's call it research. Anyway, no, that, you know, it's, it's important to have, to know what turns you on, but I know Mm -hmm. that Belisa is run by women for women. Exactly what you said. Um, it's, you know, based around women, a woman's pleasure and, Mm. you know, that might be something that turns you on. I also know Dipsia, I think it's called, um, is an audible erotica. Mm -hmm. So mm. if you like to listen to something like kinky stories or, um, you know, different turn-ons there or there's – I know they have small online course like Audible courses um, helping you get in touch with, you know, um, like different sorts of foreplay and, um, you know, like – 
dirty talk or like whatever it is. There's so many different avenues there. So I think that's a really cool um, avenue to be able to explore if that's something that is there for you. But there are so we're all turned on and um, energized by so many different things. And yes. finding that out is the fun part. Exactly. Explore different avenues. And you um, don't need a partner to do this. Like, no, I've been single no. for three and a half years. So, you know, like I and I've learned more about myself and also about relationships in that time um, than ever. And that's through ex- exploration and curiosity and having yes. conversations like this with your girlfriends and you know, making the most of quiet moments and hello, COVID, like yes. what a great time to get to know yourself better. <laughs> yes, yes, I love that. Um, I would also say um, just to give context, so I'm in a long-term monogamous relationship. Um, so when I started all of this work um, on my, I guess, self-discovery Uh, around pleasure for me I had to have conversations with my partner about wanting to create space where I could have a solo sex session Um, and so it can be done and I highly recommend it whether you're single or in partnership Um, it's definitely worth banking the time (laughs) to explore your (laughs) sexuality I love this offer. Thank you so much for, you know, being vulnerable and brave to have these conversations and put it out there into the world. I know that um, this conversation probably was confronting for some people. I know a lot of other women would have been nodding along going, thank fuck someone's talking about it. Others will be secretly sharing with their friends and the rest of it, which is all great. But thank you so much for being the person who I first wanted to talk to you about it all and then you saying yes as well I it means the world to me because I feel so comfortable having these chats with you so thank you oh thank you I've really enjoyed our chat and um yeah it's been such a pleasure to share this with you and with everyone so thank you very much and so how can women work with you and where can we find you Like what's the best way to contact you if people want to um, work with you one-on-one or simply, you know, follow along on the gram? Yes, following on on Instagram is the best way to keep in touch with what I'm doing. Um, I am about to open some spots for coaching, one-on-one coaching, so that people can tap into their pleasure on their daily. And I've got some exciting workshops planned for Newcastle ladies. So keep an eye out for that too. Thanks, Offer. And what's your Instagram handle? It's just at Offer Fitzgibbons. Perfect. Well, thank you very, very much. And ladies, if you did love this podcast, please feel free to comment or um, on and leave a review on your favorite podcasting platform. Also, share this with your friends if you, you know, want to talk about it with them more. Share it on social media if you're feeling brave and you're sick of this being a shameful topic as well and you want to, um, you know, have it be out in the open a bit more. That would be awesome. And, yeah, thank you so much for tuning along. Mm-hmm.